Welcome to uh, an inquiry into freedom with your hosts, Ron and Alan. Uh, a lot of things to talk about, I guess. We, <laughs> we missed the other day and had an unexpected trip I needed to take. But, um, so one of the things that's back in the news, you know, it's election season, so all this, all the rhetoric is going to ramp up and, you know, the propaganda is going to start hitting the airwaves uh, even more exponentially. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was what's going on with the immigration problem. Uh, because I think it's going to be a, a pretty important uh, campaign issue. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be as important as the campaign issue that the Democrats are running with, which is abortion, uh, which is not surprising. That seems to be the only freedom they like to fight for, is the right to abort a baby. Yeah. I mean, damn all the other rights that you might, might think you have. But we're going to make abortion the number one issue when it comes to your rights. And uh <clears throat> you know Kamala Harris and, and Joe Biden are on the abortion tour. So um we'll have to we'll have to make sure that's the number one issue. They they will have to make sure that's the number one issue. When uh really it's it's really not an issue. I mean that So I don't know if you heard they're they're uh, making the guest list for the um, the up up and coming State of the Union address. Uh, yeah. And one of their guests is a a, a lady who uh, was forced supposedly forced out of Texas to deal with the horror and heartbreak of a non viable pregnancy. So she's a, a guest for the State of the Union. So we can, we can plan on like 45 minutes of that topic alone. <laughs> They're certainly not going to talk about the, the flailing economy. They're not going to talk about the wars that are happening uh, in the Ukraine and, and Israel and that we're possibly going to be at war. Because, you know, these Houthis and Toothies and all these people keep you know, shooting missiles at uh, at our well, ships. Don't forget President Pooty. Yeah, mean, and Pooty. And Pooty, yeah. Um, I mean, our, our president is a Pooty pants. I mean, that's all he's <laughs> good. And then I guarantee you, I'm, I'm just saying, prediction, if, if Joe Biden is reelected, that we will be in another war. I said that, I think, last show, and I, I'm going to stick by that. Um... Where and, and, and who that's with, I, I have no idea. There's too many, there's too many possibilities to even mention. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, right now, it's Texas. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the Democrats are demanding Biden takes control of the Texas, Texas National Guard. So what are they going to do? Implement martial law on the border? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, they'll only allow they'll only allow people who aren't United States citizens to be there. <laughs> I, I I don't understand. I don't understand. How, I mean, you see these people in in New York, and and when I say these people, like the New York representatives and and even the mayor, talking about how the city's going to crumble and. You know they can't handle the influx of immigrants coming into this the cities and you know Jersey and New York City of course, but yet they're the ones that wanted all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I I don't. So there's two Democrat representatives, Joaquin Castro and Greg Cesar, who both are kind of they're kind of loony let me rephrase that they're extremely loony oh yeah um you know they're sending out tweets that that biden should establish sole federal control of the texas national guard and i think a lot of that is to blame for the recent supreme court decision on the razor wire. I don't understand what's going on with our Supreme Court, but what a shit show. You know, they, they refuse to hear certain cases, and then they they do some stupid crap like say, hey, yeah, federal government can cut down the wire that's protecting, helping protect our border. Yeah. Uh, and it makes no well, sense. And, and actually... It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen the Supreme Court do with the ruling because they allow, they say the feds can go in and cut the wire, but they can't move the wire. And then there were several other points to the filing, which they did not even make a decision on. Yeah. But they allowed the, they allowed the feds to, to go ahead and cut the wire, even though they were ordered not to. But there were several other things that were in contention, too, and they were silent on those. They didn't even get to them. They just did that part. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what the hell, are, what the hell what, are you people doing? Let me ask you a question. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that point up because I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to how or, or where it states in our constitution that we don't have the right to protect our borders. We're a, we're a sovereign country. So where in the constitution does it say putting up razor wire on the border? That's not constitutional. I, I'm going to tell you something that I saw the other day blew my mind. My son's high school where you, you know, he's not in high school anymore. He just graduated this year, but mm-hmm. where he used to go to high school, there is a 12-foot-high um, fence that goes around that school, and it has uh, barbed wire all the way around it. Why, why, why is it that... And, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm all for protecting the students, and if you have to put a a fence around your your campus and put some barbed wire across the top of it, uh, more power to you. 
But isn't it crazy that we can't do the same thing on the border? Well, this is where media and they have people who don't know what they're doing and talking about doing and talking about things. So, first of all, the, the supremacy issue right now that the feds are claiming is that federal law trumps the state's rights. So at the same they're time, they're not they're... enforcing federal law when it comes to immigration. Yeah. I heard, I heard Precisely. a Democrat, I, wa I messed around and I, I had to watch. I just had to. So they had the Senate debate for, uh, Dianne Feinstein's, uh, seat. There's Adam Schiff, there's Barbara Lee, there's some other stupid ass, and then there's Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Uh, <laughs> He'd probably be better. Uh, is that his name? The, the Dodgers baseball player. Oh, Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey. Sorry, Steve, Steve Harvey. Uh, Steve Garvey. Isn't, and, isn't he the guy on the... Match game or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Family Feud, Family is that feud. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, he would be better than Barbara Boxer. <laughs> Steve Harvey. Just saying. Hey, man. but Steve Harvey probably should run for office. He, he, You're right. He's probably likely to be better. But he's a smart guy. Yeah. And he's got a sense of humor. Yeah, I don't exactly. know if I would have... I had known nothing about his politics, but I know he's a smart guy and he has a good sense of humor. Well, being so, from Hollywood, you know, you know he's probably... In lockstep with the rest of them. Anyhow. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so I had to watch. You know, they're saying this is a, a pivotal election for the U.S. Senate. And I'm like, why? It's been Democrat. It's, she was, what, 40 years? I mean, mm -hmm. if they lose, they, they're not losing much of anything. Um, so... Uh, They were talking about uh, illegal immigration, and it was funny. I don't know that they did this. I think they slipped up when they said this. But they said, a person isn't illegal. And I thought, what? Wait a minute. The laws on the books say that that is a crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the federal law which they refuse to enforce. You know, we always hear this, well, why don't they pass a law if they don't want, you know, immigrants crossing them? Well, there are laws. Just enforce what's already on the books. Mm -hmm. I would be happy with that. There doesn't have to be any comp comprehensive immigration reform. Just enforce the laws that we already have. Period. And then... <laughs> I got to throw this in there because I, I, I just had to shake my head and, and really stop from pulling what little hair I have left out of my head. But they asked Adam Schiff, they said, uh, which I was surprised. They said, so with the, uh, the fact that you had claimed that there was substantial evidence against Donald Trump and his collusion with Russia, why do you think people should vote for you considering that most of those were lies? And he says, oh, I still have evidence. 
It is a fact that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. And I thought, man, this guy, how, how anybody could vote for someone like that is beyond me. I mean, I, I think the guy would lie to his grandmother. And then, yeah. and then if, if it came down to it, would, you, would use her as a human shield because he's a puss. But anyway, yeah. um, on the immigration thing, uh, I'll let you get back to your point. I just wanted to say that I, I could not believe that there was basically no, they, they didn't really make a decision or explain how they came to their conclusion and the decision as it comes to the Constitution. No. Um, I kind of need to step back here because I keep losing my thought on it. Um, and it's a complicated thing, as you know. So I'm going to hit the pause button. And where did my pause button? Where did my pause I'm not doing nothing. Ah! Oh, here we go. I keep forgetting to use it. I hope the battery still works. Let's see. The battery ran out. Oh, done. Um, so I guess I can only pause for a second then. Um, so I, I have to claim victory for a moment on our Secretary of Defense. Remember the medical calls yeah mm -hmm. and i decided to take a wild ass guess speculation which was just made up crap and i said that he had had uh uh his head removed from his ass so that he could have a lobotomy and it hadn't gone very well and that uh somehow or another he managed to reinsert his head in his ass and he <laughs> had an infection yeah well, it turns out that that just making fun of that bastard who doesn't know shit, obviously, um, that that random ass speculation was actually closer than anything that was in the news at all. Because he, he ended up having a prostate issue, hence having to have his head removed from his ass. And there's an infection. So he, he didn't even get out of the hospital for two, more than two freaking weeks. And so where was all of that in the news? So even though it's a minute victory because he didn't have the lobotomy, I, I think maybe he already had the lobotomy and... Yeah, they determined he didn't, well have a, he didn't have a brain to begin with, so they didn't have to perform yeah. the procedure. Yeah, I think that could have be could be it mm -hmm. because he definitely had to have the prostate worked on. They had to get his head out of his ass so they could do that, and then he had got an infection. So you know, um, I I think that I was by far closer than any other speculator in the uh, newsreader business. And I just pulled it right out of my ass. Just made it all up. And it was it was very correct. So I think I need to give a, a high five. Yeah. On that. There we go. Yeah. Right as always. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I, you know, we, I knocked we, out another one. Yeah. We don't do a whole yeah. lot of... So 
uh, again, I'll, I, we we got to explain things to our to our, our two listeners. Uh, we don't have any producers or you know people that that do research or anything like that. We we pretty much do our own you know our own thing. Obviously, uh, yeah. There there couldn't be anyone to blame. I mean, other than us, right? But I mean. So we're we're not like investigative journalists or anything. Uh but we have enough knowledge and common sense to be able to see things for what they are. And most of the time, I mean, I think we got it like 99.9% accuracy rating. Uh Yeah. And, and and not to mention we've been pretty damn good on our predictions. Yeah. Uh not that we're, you know, experts. Uh, as much as we hate that term, we're not experts. Not even close. But but then again, no. who, who is who is a real expert at anything? Well, now, you no. can be really, really good at what you do, but that doesn't necessarily... I, I just don't like the term. Uh, because there's not one overall expert, like we've talked about before, that determines who the... Who's the next in line on the expert list, right? Because uh, I've well, seen some exactly. I've seen some experts on TV that I'm just like I want to throat punch that person because they are just really dumb. Yeah, like almost all of them. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I I just figure the doctor's an expert if I didn't die. You know, you know. It, I have the bar set pretty low on experts because they've really done a pretty poor job in the last couple of decades. So at any rate, I just thought I would take a momentary um, uh, victory lap just for the sake of uh, sarcasm, if nothing else. So um, I just thought, I just love hearing about people in government screwing up so badly that we can make fun of them and have it be so correct. I mean, Why? Just but a, see, but see, we don't hear a lot about that stuff. No, it's not. You know, why isn't why isn't Fanny Willis a big story? Oh, Fat Fanny. Oh, yeah. 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 Why, why isn't that a big story? I mean, this is the number one, you know, basically prosecutor. Uh, in, in you know, Georgia, that's that's gone after Trump, and and she's a freaking crook. Yeah. And usually, correct me if I'm wrong, but usually when things like that happen uh, and they're found incompetent, a lot of their uh, decisions are overturned. That I know that's the case with judges. Like if they get caught doing drugs or, you know, they, they'll go back through their old cases and some of them they have to retry. Uh, that happened to a judge here. Um. There was a, a story, uh, a, well, not a story, but an, uh, a double murder that occurred here. And it didn't make national headlines, and I'm surprised it didn't. But I actually did a report on, on this particular case uh, for my criminal justice. To make a long story short, the judge was uh, addicted to... Uh, Oxycontin or, or something along those lines. 
And he tried. That was one of the biggest cases, you know, in this area in a long time. Because what they did to these people was cruel and unusual. And they broadcast the trial on TV and stuff. But he, after that, a few years later, he was found to be um, addicted to drugs. And, and they had to retry that case. Wow. Uh, and along with a couple, a few other ones that he had, you know. He was dysfunctioning that badly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it, well... So the defense of certain, you know, certain defense attorneys will use that as an excuse, right? Oh, the judge was in. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but he, he was found, I mean, they removed him from the bench. Oh, um, it was that bad. Yeah, so. And I, and I, I, um, I don't know him, him personally. But one of the fathers of the two, these were people in their 20s, two young people in their 20s. And, um, I mean, they, they did some unspeakable things that I wouldn't even say uh, on air. And I, I met him, the father of one of the victims uh, at our church. He... It destroyed his life. I mean, he got divorced, and I mean, he wanted, he basically wanted to kill these people because of what they did to, to his child. And, and, uh, it took him a long time. It took him a long time to get over it. But anyway, um, he had to go through a whole new, the whole ordeal over again. And I, I can't imagine. I mean, he, he's, you know, he went around and, and did speeches and stuff. Uh, but he said there, there were times where my wife would have to grab me by my belt and pull me back because I was going over the, the pews to get to these people. Mm-hmm. And I, I can understand yeah, that. Yeah, no. I mean, I, that's I, a human, yeah, very human sure. thing. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you mess with my family, you're probably going to feel the wrath too. I mean, it's just how we are. Uh Probably ought to happen more than it does. That poor guy in Virginia with his kid that got uh, raped in the restroom and the school board did shit about it. Yeah, and they arrested him. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, that's a great example of it. Yeah, what are we doing in this country? Yeah. You know, when it comes to, so back to the immigration thing, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're, We're turning the other cheek and... All these people are complaining. We have, we have a bunch of complainers. You know, like that video you sent me, the interview with Tucker and the guy from Canada, where, oh, yeah. you know, we're just running around complaining about things and we're not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, I knew things in Canada were bad. Um, Did you know it was that bad? I didn't, know, that? I didn't know it was that bad. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I knew they were a socialist problem. country for a long time. Yeah, um, it's, but they just most people don't follow, and I, I just figured that that guy did that's a really good journalist, and um, he wrapped it all up so neat that 
I figured you'd appreciate it. So that's why I sent it. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, you know, that the judge just made a ruling that, um, in, in fact, I think it just came out yesterday that uh, what's his fuzz, the uh, sexual metro guy or what, hetero? Oh, met, whatever he is. Whatever yeah. his guy, yeah, whoever yeah, the, the guy is who's the Gibbs head in Canada, the head of Canada. <laughs> anyway, he's. He's where's those false eyelashes and all that crap? I mean, or yeah, he's no a, eyebrow. He is a Looney Tune for sure. Oh yeah. So at any rate, um, he uh, was found guilty of uh, violating, uh, no, unlawfully implementing the Emergency Act. Of course, it was two years ago, which was the same gripe that I have with our court and our courts is that when the government oversteps, they get it two, three, four years before they ever have to uh, face a, a trial and a loss. And by then, it's too late. Yeah. So, yeah. So, at any rate, it was found that his actions were unlawful. Well, so what? You know, it, that was two years ago. What are you going to do? Undo everything that was done now? Um, so that's what Canada has to figure out now is how to unwind all the crap that he did. But that's why I've always been in favor of when there's a new federal law that's passed, then there needs to be some constitutional boundaries around a new federal statute. In other words, now, if there's a new federal statute, it goes into effect as soon as it's signed. Fine. But... What I think we need to do is go back to a more constitutional vision and approach to things because I get the need to implement something right away. But I also get the fact that if something's implemented right away and people are armed, most of the time it cannot be undone. So I, I'm wide open to ideas on it, but my own personal view is, is that if something is passed as a federal statute, that limits uh, federal authority and grants more freedom and liberty to individuals, then it can, it's okay for that to go into effect right away. And then whatever happens in the courts happens in the courts. But if something is passed as a federal statute that grants the federal government more authority and remove some level, some degree of individual freedom and liberty, then that statute cannot go into effect until the Supreme Court has been has ruled on a case. And how the case law would have to work out to be heard by the court isn't my problem. But it, the, the point is, is that they cannot do this crap like the Supreme Court just did with Texas and say, oh, well, we're going to pick this little piece here and say, oh, they can cut the razor wire to get through. So what both sides of this argument are doing now, so, so I'm going to circle to circle back to your original question now, is that both sides, meaning the, the Democrats and the Republicans, because no one's representing the people, but 
The political sides have chosen arguments that have nothing to do at all with the Constitution, really. Because have you heard the term property rights at all in any of the discussions? Uh, no. I haven't. No. Yeah. So that is not public land that they put this razor wire on, other than the uh, public the park, the public park, hmm. which is only a, a, a small opening there that goes into this park that's there on the river. Everything else is ranch land. Who owns the ranch? That's the guy who has property rights. And someone has been ignoring his property rights from time immemorial. They've been allowing people to cross the border there all these years. I mean, they had a they had a problem with this crap when we lived down there in Texas in the 60s. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is not something new. No, like I said, well, I remember immigration being a hot topic in politics when I was a kid. So they're just yeah. kicking the can down the road. Yeah, it, it comes and goes. From administration you know. to administration, yeah. Well, and, and back in the 60s, there really wasn't anyone coming across that border except people from Mexico. Rarely there would be someone from Guatemala or El Salvador or something like that, but it was Mexico. And for a long time, for let's say 100 years or so, People from Mexico and the U.S. pretty much went back and forth across that border all the time. It was just a cultural thing. Right. And I don't know that anyone ever had a problem with it, really. Um, it wasn't until things started getting really nasty in this country in the 60s that people started kind of locking down on uh, different positions on immigration and, and started... You know, when all the other racist crap started in the politics in the 60s, that's kind of when that crap happened, too. But I I don't give a crap about people from Mexico coming in here. I think, you know, we're neighbors. Same with Canada. You know, let, let us all go back and forth. You know, let us be friends and get along. Um, but we don't need a million people from Venezuela coming in. And there wouldn't be a million people from Venezuela coming in here if we hadn't screwed up with Venezuela. I mean, we've got our President Obama down there, uh, glad hadn't handing um, Hugo Chavez and the Castros. And, you know, what the hell were we doing with Venezuela other than helping them go down faster? So, you know, we've got to stop that crap. So, at any rate, the people who I think have been harmed the most are the property owners, the people who own property along the border. No one has protected their rights. As far as I'm concerned, if I'm a ranch owner and I'm on that border and I've got people coming across my uh, boundary, you know, the, the border to my property. It's the same thing as someone crossing my fence here. If I don't know you, then, you know, your hair's going to get a fresh new permanent part. Yeah. If I miss, if I miss, it's not going to be by much. That's about how much I'll miss. Well, and I was getting ready to ask. So 
Is there a, a maybe an easement clause in there where, or are they using eminent domain, or are they just are are the ranchers that you know live along that border say, hey, <laughs> do what you need to do because we're sick and tired of this crap. I mean, I, I've heard stories of people that, I mean, they're just they just walk up to their house. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are the people who I'm talking about who should just be shot because there have been people who did that, stole the truck, you know, did whatever with the family. And, uh, you know, nothing happens to them. Uh, but, but that's a really good question. And there's nothing in the Constitution that provides any sort of language about the distance inland from the border that the government has a right to use. There's a, there's federal statutes, which is, I, I don't think is even constitutional because it's so beyond the pale. I mean, they, the federal government has access to 25 miles inside the border to do what they need to do to, you know, whatever the language is in the statutes. Now, that is in effect declaring that there is an access easement. You know, that's my real estate stuff at work in my little brain, but how does 25 miles get justifiable? You know, we can only claim eight miles out to sea you know, as a sea border, to claim that as something that we have exclusive navigable rights over. So why does the government get uh, eight miles in, out to sea that the property owner does not get to own? And why does the government have 25 miles inland onto a property that the government never paid for the rights to as an access? I, I just, that's, as far as I'm concerned, is, is not constitutional. But let's just pretend that it is. Um, if they have an access right, then there should be some terminology around, can they just do whatever they want to? Can they take the fence down where cattle are grazing and not put it back up? Do they have to give 48 hours notice? You know, there's got to be some sort of yeah, they can't just drive onto your property and not not tell you that we're going to be here, right? There's got to be some sort of access language. I have no idea what it is. All right. But if there is none, then that's definitely overstepping their authority. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, the, the distance that they're given and the fact that they don't do anything uh, with it, uh, they've abandoned their easement rights, as far as I'm concerned, because they they have not made use of the easement. So, like we were talking about with your uh, with your situation with your house and their and the fence, and the guy put up the fence where he did not have a right to. And I said, "Well, you you just need to get something down on." Uh, some record of a, of a 
gripe because if you don't complain and 20 years go by and then you want to sell your house and people wonder why there's a fence belonging to the neighbor that's on your property that they want to buy, then you've essentially given them a, you've effectively given them an easement. Well, so that's, that's basically how it, it, it kind of all played out. I complained and, and uh, he said, well, I'm not putting, I'm not moving my fence. And I said, well, you just put random posts. He said, there's like three posts in the back. One of them I've taken down. So there was four. And, and he's just back there one day and I, I was like, what are you doing? And he said, well, I had the, uh, a survey done. And I said, yeah, I noticed you removed the, the pin from the corner over there. When I bought this property, there was a pin over there. Now it's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly where his fence line is. Uh, and so when he started putting the posts in, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, well, uh, this is where my fence line should be. And I said, according to your sur- surveyor, but not according to the, the, the deed for the land that I purchased and where the original survey stake was, you took it out. You're not supposed to do that anyway. Uh, I mean, hell, I can, I can call a guy and say, here's an extra hundred bucks if you do the survey in my favor. I know they're not supposed to do that, but, you know, this guy's lived here and, and worked in the school system uh, basically his entire life. So he knows everybody, I'm sure. I mean, he's, you know, in the parades, local parades, and, you know, at all the events and functions and stuff in this area. And, uh, you know, I've heard of that happening before. Uh, I'm not sure that it's a common practice, but it, it can happen. Where but someone removes a stake? No, uh, pays a surveyor to, you know, hey, give me an extra few feet over here or whatever. I've, oh, heard, I've heard of well, that. Yeah, I've heard of that happening. It can happen for sure. Uh, all and you and I'm not saying is- that's what it was. All I'm saying is that for years, you know, 15 years, that's always been the property line. And, and you can pull it up. You can go to the, uh, the, the website for the, the county and, and pull up. It'll show you. And that's exactly where the property line is, is where that stake was. Mm-hmm. But I've been, I've been mowing and maintaining all of that property that wherever his, you know, up to his fence line for 21 years, 22 years. Uh, including, including a strip where, so if you're standing at the front door of my house looking out to the left, so his fence goes uh, behind my house and then down the side, on the left-hand side. That fence line is actually over further than where his property line is. So basically what he's done is he's he moved that so he could put a gate in and he uses that little area occasionally to go in and out that gate, which is not very often. But there's a little strip. It's probably a driveway wide that I've been mowing and maintaining this whole time too. 
but I knew that was his property. And he's always thanked me for, you know, for taking care of it. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's, he never did put up any wire or any more posts or anything. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he knows that he's wrong. Because if, if well, yeah, you're you're in a county. You're not in a city, are you? Yeah, I'm out in the county. And you're are do you have a lot and block description? I mean, is it like a uh, do you have a lot or is it meets and bounds like a description? Uh, you know that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, if it's a uh, if it's uh, like a uh, lot four of uh marriott subdivision you know that's no, a lot no, no, it, no it's not a lot if it's taking a point of uh uh you know uh point of boundary at uh, point a located pin it'll say locate pin uh and uh like loc pin and then There'll be an X there where they located a survey pin. And then they followed the directions of, you know, 17 degrees north, northwest to a point, you know, of a, of a white oak or a, another pin or something. And then Which from is, that point, it, it gives you the dimensions. Yeah. Then that would be a, a legal description. Okay. So, be. so yeah, I, I went online and you can pull up the aerial photos of your property line mm -hmm. and it shows uh where those pins are supposed to be or where you know it's been surveyed okay this is your property line and mm -hmm. i had those and i showed him those things and i said listen you pulled that pin out over there if you look at this photo exactly where you pulled that pin is where and this came from their website uh, property assessors, I guess. I don't mm -hmm. remember. It's been a few years ago. Uh, that's where you pulled the pin. So your surveyor was wrong. I'm going by the property assessors. I'm not going by a, a, some random guy that you had come out here and survey. I'm sure he's got to have a license and all that stuff. I, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that he's wrong too. Uh, oh, it happens. I mean, you remember like the... Uh Old Colorado City area oh, yeah. in Manitou of, yeah, uh, yeah Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite uh, places to go. Almost none of that has correct legal descriptions. It all had to be resurveyed. And some of it still has to be resurveyed today. Not shocking. The city planners in most of these places, they're, they're ignorant. Oh, yeah. Well, and then... There's a lot of corruption on all that, too, where, it, where you have exactly what you're talking about, where someone would say, you know, can you give me another thought over here? Yeah. On the other side of the creek? Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's an old boy thing. Well, before too long, you know, nothing matches up. So at any rate, you just all you have to do is go into the county and. You, you probably have a county surveyor, and if not, then I would go to the assessor or what have you. But in, in some places, it's small enough to where they're all the same people. 
you know? Well, but he's uh, a well, they're part time. He, you know? He's a kind of he's the kind of guy that did things. So he bought forty acres, give or take a few, on a handshake for like six thousand dollars forty years ago. So I mean that that's that's how he thinks. You know what I mean? He's just that kind of old fashioned, you know. Sure. And there's nothing it. there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's you know, handshake is just as good as a contract, in my opinion, especially if you're, you know, dealing with somebody you know. Um, you know, I always stay true to my word, so I mean I get the mentality, but you know, when it comes to you wanting to move your property line to a significant amount uh without any notification or you know any explanation you, you just don't go on to somebody's property and start putting posts in no and the only way i know of that's well, i shouldn't say the only way the least <laughs> the least complicated way is to go to the county and say my neighbor removed one of your county stakes and I need to have the boundary of my property restored. And uh, otherwise the property as it's assessed is not correct. That's an important thing to remember to say because the property as it is assessed is not correct. Well, and uh, so I told him, I said, either you're wrong or who I bought this property from is wrong. Either way, where are my reparations? <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, somebody, well, somebody's incorrect here. Yeah, so you go to the assessor's office because you have a right uh, in most states to uh, protest your assessment. Uh, and it's either every year, every two years, you know, depending on whatever the state is. But let's say it's every two years, then you can go in and you say, I want to protest my property taxes on my uh, assessed value. Yeah. Well, what do you got? Well, my uh, part of my boundary got moved on me, and I'm being assessed for property that I uh, lost the use of, that I, that I thought was mine I've been paying on all this time. Well, that's where I came from. And so to make this a little more clear, I did owner financing on on my uh, house and land. So I had to call the owner and say, hey, this guy's, you know, putting stuff on here. You know, the posts and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've got maybe one year left and, and I'm done with, uh, it'll, I fully own it. Mm-hmm. So he's the one, I mean, I talked to him first. I talked to the, my neighbor first. And uh, he, he, it sounded to me like he, he understood where I was coming from and, you know, but I, I made sure and I called the owner and I said, hey, this guy's putting fence posts out here. I don't, I don't know if he's planning on moving his fence or not, but that's, he's moving it further towards me, not the other way. <laughs> and the pin is gone. And he told him, he, I think he told him to cease and desist or whatever. Um, and he quit doing it. 
But he told me, he said, I'm not going to move my fence. I'm like, so you're just setting random posts? And, and they're wood. They're like tree stumps. Mm. And they have all rotted. I mean, you know, I like I said, I walked by one, I don't know, a few months ago, and it fell over. Uh, we're way off topic here, though. But anyway, uh, no, but it but, has to, but, it has to do with borders and 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 property. Well, it right? does. Yeah, yeah, it does because that's all the all the property owners along the southern border are experiencing the exact same frustrations you are, only on a much grander scale. Yeah, I don't have any. And instead, I don't have of, an instead of having a, well, yeah, and instead of having a, a neighbor who's actually probably fairly easy to get along with otherwise and isn't causing you trouble. These folks have a federal, have a government who is making their lives hell. And they have a responsibility that they're not fulfilling, and yet they pay taxes into the system all the time. Well, but it, it even goes further. It, it, it well, even yeah. extends further out, not just along the oh, border, yeah. but all, all right. these other states. Like, you know, the Mayor Adams in New York, you know, is going to allot $77 million to hotels to pay for the, the immigrants to, to stay in. Well, that's $77 million. It doesn't belong to him. Right. Doesn't and that make you want to go to New York and, you know... Take a dump on the corner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to love going to New York. You I like. You know, there. I've been there a few times. Um, my daughter was in modeling and acting for a while, and, and we went up there for competitions and all kinds of stuff. And I, I enjoyed New York City. I mean... You know, it is what it is. Uh, it smells. The subways are horrible. You know, but it's a big city with a lot of people. Um, everywhere there's trash. It's just not a. It's not clean. But I mean, it, you know, there's some historical things there, and and it, you know, if you go in the the outskirts of the city, it's very beautiful. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like California. You know, if you get away from the city, the, the state is just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it just it's just unfortunate that uh they've been under democratic democrat rule for so long that these places are falling apart. They, they I mean, crime is out of control, pollution, you know, it's just funny. You know, they they talk about wanting to save the planet, but they can't clean up their own streets. Really? I mean, the amount of trash and, and human waste and, you know, hypodermic needles and everything that you, that you are so much against are right on your own doorsteps. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're not, they're not, uh, they're not being uh, honest with a lot of things that they say and that comes out of their mouths. No, people will go to, well, you've been there, Germany. Yeah. People will go to Germany on a trip, and they'll come back, and they'll use Germany as an example of, of uh, oh, I could live with socialism. I kind of like having the streets all clean and the, and the train cars clean and being able to get somewhere in five minutes or whatever. You know, they'll be talking it up, and it'll be like, okay. 
Well, you know, we operate that way here now where you got a socialist run in town and uh, you know that it doesn't run like that. Germany only runs that way because of their culture. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't think it has the, a lot to do with the government as much as it does the citizens there. Well, yeah, they want things nice and they want things uh, orderly. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, my part of my family is from Germany and from Switzerland. And uh, boy, the Swiss are even worse. But um, yeah, they you have to have things neat. The, the guy that built this house, my great-great-grandfather, is one of those Swiss um, masons, you know, a, a master mason. Yeah. And uh, so I wonder if I have his ring laying around somewhere. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, you didn't just cut blocks to do a fence wall, you know. You had to have them look like someone, like it was intended to be there. You know, there was the, that was the craftsman piece of their uh, craft, of their trade. That when they're done, it's got to be something that you're proud of. And their their cities and towns are the same way. They want everything to look like it was done properly. That someone took a little extra time to make it last 500 years. Um, the, the streets are clean. You don't have filth uh, all over the place. People aren't filthy. You know, if, if you're misbehaving, then you're out of town. Well, sure. When I was in the military uh, over in Germany, you know, when we go out on maneuvers and stuff, we were told that you, you leave it better than what you found it. Exactly. And they, if they weren't happy, they would find... I guess the, the Department of Defense or whatever, whoever they dealt with when it came to land use, um, I mean, they would find them. And you had to pay, the, the United States had to pay a lot of money to the German government to be able to use the land to begin with. And then you had to, you know, if you made ruts or whatever, all that had to be fixed. Like, they had to have, you know, Army Corps of Engineers go in there and, and, you know, if you ran over a tree, it was a huge, I, I mean, that was big. You know, if you ran over a small, you know, baby tree or whatever, I mean, big fines for that stuff. They used to, they used to preach to us all the time. You know, I don't make no, don't cause no mess and don't kill no, you know, animals and don't uh, run over trees or whatever. Yeah. Because they, they, I mean, literally, you didn't see trash driving down the roads. No. So, so everybody, you're right. Everybody, I, I mean, I, I, I was amazed. Yeah. Uh, at how their, how good their roads were, and yeah. I mean, you it can't has drive. Nothing to do with socialism at all. Nothing yeah. to do with socialism. It, it doesn't. Other than where they get the money to, to you know, keep them that way. Well, and, and the people who pay into the system, uh, granted, it, it's a socialist system, but people who pay into the system don't mind it as much because they see what it's producing. Right. It, I wouldn't mind as much 
paying into the system if our borders were enforced, if we didn't have potholes in the street, if our traffic lights were timed, you know, if if that and the other thing, but they're they're not spending wisely. In Germany, they spend wisely. I mean, yeah. they don't throw money around there. Um, no, I mean, but sure, they have their own issues too when it comes to yeah. immigration. And I mean, they you do. go to Frankfurt and what a stinking mess. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's They're, filthy they, and what's her face. The, the, uh, what was her name? Um, Angela Merkel. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. She really screwed that country over like no one has probably since Hitler. Um, with all of the uh, immigration that she allowed to have come in there. And yeah, Frankfurt is way left wing anyway. I mean, that is where the Frankfurt school was. I mean, for yeah, right. right. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you can't. You can't be surprised that it's it's a Marxist city when Marx's school was there, right? So um, it's very Marxist. But they had all of those uh, Muslim Marxists coming into Germany, and that was a prime place for them to go, was Frankfurt. Um, but what a terrible disservice she did to her country. And uh, probably, I don't know if it's irreparable, given what... Germany's recovered from before, but it's really bad. It, it never should have been. But what is it? What is it with the. Uh, I, so, most big cities, whether they're in the United States or overseas, are run by Marxists. Um, what is it? Why do they just not care about clean streets and, you know, uh, the homeless issues because if you, I, I I went to Amsterdam when I was in station in Germany. My grandmother passed away, and and I've mentioned before my mom is from Holland. And so when I was stationed in Germany, my grandmother passed away on my mom's side, and I flew over to uh, Holland, and my mom took me to into Amsterdam. What a friggin' mess! Yeah. So the Queen's Palace, one of the palaces, um, in the middle of Amsterdam, and there's a fence around it, like I described at my son's school. And I'm not sure if if people jump the fence or whatever, but there's graffiti all over the place and trash. I don't even think if, if there's still a queen there, she doesn't go there. Like, she's not going to that palace. Uh, but just disgusting. And, you know, maybe a little TMI, but, you know, part of the red light district is down there and, and the, what do they call them now? Um, sex workers. The sex workers walk out and they dump their trash in the... Oh, uh, they call it, they're called camelas now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what she calls them, sex workers. So anyway, they, they walk out of the, you know... The, the building and they walk across the street and they dump their junk right in the canal. And I'm like, what is it? And, and Holland's socialist too, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so why, 
Why do they allow that? And I mean, it was just, and this was in the late 80s. It's a cultural thing. You and know, I'm thinking, it, man, this is this is pretty gross. But you go outside of that city, right? And you see the windmills and the tulips, and I mean, just gorgeous. Same way in, yeah. in, in Germany. You leave Frankfurt, you go to the smaller cities and, and smaller towns, you know, and I mean, pristine. Uh, so is it just the inner cities of, of every country? That that allow well, their that allow their city to turn into a big giant trash heap. I think it's something in the human psyche about living in crowded situations. I, I, because I just don't think human beings were designed to live in super close proximity with each other, like in a big city. Um. It goes beyond that, but politically, a lot of it has to do with, you know, there's a, a, a side to politics that, uh, that goes beyond just politics, but there's a side to the human condition of no one is more responsible for me than me. If it is to be, it is up to me, you know, if, if, if I want something to happen, protection, wealth, uh, safety, uh, whatever, if I want something, it's up to me to go get it. It's not up to someone else to go bring it to me. Um, so there's a side of man that is built that way. But then there's a, the opposite side of, uh, oh, I have all of these damaged, uh, you know, it's like, okay, so I'm disabled, so I, I can't uh, do certain things like I'd like to any longer. Um, but there are people who take that to the extreme that, oh, I just can't. I, I broke my little finger in high school and I just haven't, can't operate anymore. You know, they're, they just will never take responsibility. And there's a political party that uh, attracts those people because they look at them as a, one of their minority of, we'll watch out for you. Just, you just vote for us and we'll watch out for you. And, uh, and those people make all kinds of excuses for their minorities who can't help it. They, they, you know, they don't know how to go get to vote. They don't know how to go get a driver's license. They, they can't do this. And they, they just make excuses for them all the time. And there's a, there's a real degenerate level of mankind that winds up in that, that is in the big cities. Because it's easier to get by in a big city than it is in a little itty-bitty town like here um, if you don't want to support yourself. Around here, no one's going to feel sorry for you. You know? You want to set up a shop on the corner of the street here to collect money for an afternoon, uh, forget about it. No one will stop. Unless maybe they're going to, you know, pop you in the nose or something. Um, you know, there's just no tolerance for it. If you, if you need help, then you're expected to go to your neighbor, someone you know. And, you know, people will help all the time. They're very generous. But they're not going to go for... Uh, 
someone who won't try to help themselves first. Um, so, you know, I, I think that plays out in spades in our country where cities are supposedly liberal and rural areas are supposedly conservative. And I say supposedly because I don't accept the modern terminology. Yeah, I, no, I don't either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same with left and right. They just don't accept those definitions. They're they're out of date. But in trying to keep it as simple as possible for your question, I think that explains it because it, it it's similar in other countries too. So I think the more degenerates you have in a country, then the worse your big cities are going to be. And the uh, fewer degenerates that you have, and the more people who are proud of their country, the nicer it's going to be. And there's there's the difference between Frankfurt and um, Berlin, maybe? I Berlin never made it to Berlin. Oh, I thought you were there. Okay, Munich or? No, never made it to uh, Munich either. Did you ever make it to Leipzig? Sounds familiar. I, I went to a lot of places, uh, just not. I, I, I mean, I went to some historical cities and stuff. I mean, I went to Luxembourg and, you know, the country. And um, a couple other places. Um, but I didn't, you know, I saw what Frankfurt was like. And I'm like, I saw what Amsterdam was like. And I'm like, I, I just don't, it doesn't do anything for me. I'd rather go to a small town and go to a beer fest or whatever and, and hang out and, you know, enjoy myself and go to a big hustle and bustle city uh, that stinks. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, it I, just didn't turn me on in, in any aspect. For uh, sure. So I, I went to the smaller, you know, historical places and, um, you know, kind of stayed away from the big cities after what I experienced. I mean, it's at, one, at, at a certain point, they all kind of just look the same. You know, the feeling is the same. It, it, it's different, obviously, different buildings and different countries and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you go to New York City and then you go to Frankfurt, it's almost, you know, doesn't feel much different. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, I've already experienced this. And and you would meet a lot nicer people, and, you know, you'd go to these guest houses and, uh, you know, wineries or whatever, and just it's, it's just a much better experience than hanging out in a big city full of a bunch of people that don't even give a shit that you're, you know, walking down the same sidewalk. Or, you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, it's I just a, thought you were closer to one of those cities... Uh, where you are stationed, but I guess not. Well, I was near uh, Würzburg, um, Schweinfurt. Uh, so even, I think Frankfurt was a good ways away, a few hours. Mm -hmm. um, but I just wasn't interested in that. You know, I, I'd been to those type of places, and it just wasn't very appealing. Yeah, I've never had a desire to, you know... I mean, it was cool when I went, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've been over there, and I, I enjoyed what I did, where I did, 
maybe a couple of places I'd like to go in Italy and stuff. But, um, you know, uh, the whole idea of, I remember my mom really wanted me to go to Europe and uh, backpack right. or over Europe. Well, that was a big deal, like in the 70s. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have no desire to do that. You know? <laughs> You know, not even once did I ever think, oh, that would be a wonderful idea. Um, so I get how some people would. It, that's just not me. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd rather maybe I, – I appreciated Europe more when I was older. Um, and when I was older, I like – I think I may have told you that I remember we spent a couple of weeks or so in Scotland playing golf, covered the whole darn country. I mean, my gosh. I bet that was fun. Oh, it was. But by the time we left, I could see why my forefathers left. Because there are rules <laughs> yeah. about everything. Oh, yeah. You know, did I tell you about the it's not done story? I don't think so. Oh, well, we showed up at uh, North Berwick, which is spelt like Berwick, only they say it as Berwick in Scotland. Um, so it's uh, over on the East Coast, uh, not too far away from St. Andrews, really. But um, anyway, uh, that's where a lot of ships set sail from. A lot of sailors were from North Berwick, and I think... Uh, one of my Flint family was uh, from uh, North Barrett that uh, came here in 1617. Um, but at any rate, that was the first place we went. We got there a little earlier than we planned, and we thought, well, you know, it'd be fun to go play nine holes, you know. It's like nine o'clock, and you have like six hours a day like or something like that. You know, in the middle of June. Right. So it's like, well, let's let's go play nine holes if we can. So, you know, went over to the starter shack. There's no one on the course. There's no one there waiting to get on. And we're there. We have reservations play the next day. It's a public course. But, you know, we sat aside. You know, we did our thing. And they said, uh, you know, something, we said something like, you know, we've we've got some arrangements play tomorrow, but is there a chance we could go out and play nine or 18 this evening? Um, did you ride ahead? Uh, no, we just got here early. Oh, so you didn't try to head. No, we didn't ride ahead, but no one's here. Can we just buy, pay you and walk on? Oh, it's not done. You have to ride ahead and have a time and and pay and then you can play. Oh God! So we can't just pay here and play. No, it's just not done. So that became the theme for two weeks. Anytime we would ask for something and we would get an answer back, it would be sort of like that, and it just became oh, it's just not done here, you know. Did you write ahead? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, no wonder they can't make their economy run, you right, know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And this guy is sitting in the in the little shack there, like like he doesn't care if they make more money that day. You got however many Americans there willing to pay a hundred bucks each or whatever, you know. You know, maybe he would make enough out of that to buy a pint or two at the store. I, I don't know. But uh, apparently he doesn't give a crap because he he couldn't sell us the, the uh, I mean, for all I know, they didn't have anyone there the rest of the evening. He was just going to sit there and do crossword puzzles or something. I don't know. But it just, I've just never seen such a waste of labor. And it's all, everything they do in that country is because it's always done that way. No one comes along and says, uh, could you, have you tried maybe doing it this way? Oh, that's not done. You know, they're just, it's maddening. There's no way. An entrepreneur like me, I, I was like, oh, no, no wonder my family left here. And did not come back. I'm the first one dumb enough to come back. All because of this golf habit. <laughs> you know what I was going to tell know? you? That video um, that you sent me, the Tucker Carlson interview. Yeah. And he showed the, the, the was it three or four guys that um, are facing prison? You know what I'm talking about? The truck Canada? Or, yeah, the trucker the trucker guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I know one of them. Seriously? Yeah. Um, so I hadn't talked to the guy in a very, very long time. But he used to work at the mines in Canada. And I mean he you know, we'd message back and forth and um it'd be like thirty below. And he works underground mines over there. And I swear it looks just like one of those guys. Because they only showed him for an instant. Um, Swear it lo- he looks just the, the big guy, the kind of bald guy. Looks just like my friend over there. I mean, I th- I'm like that. And he has that kind of a name, too. I don't remember hmm. the particular name, you know. Uh but I swear it was him. I'm like, I know that guy. Well, they're all Canadian. Was the guy you knew there Canadian? Uh-huh. Okay. From Canada? Yeah. Okay. Well, could be him. That would be bizarre. It would be. But it sounds like, well, some, it sounds like something he would do. Man, well, and there is a really big guy there, and it must be the one you're talking about. I haven't seen pictures, but the guy is like 6'6 or something like that and is just huge. He's got like a size 15 Yeah, shoe two, two of them like are, are big guys like that. Yeah. But one so, of them really stood out to me. I mean, the moment I saw him, I'm like, man, that's got to be him. Well, those guys... Uh, See, that's just something that is so extraordinary to me, no matter what country it's in. Those guys are screwed so bad, and yet their government's getting away with it, just like our people in uh, Texas. Well, so I mean, what do, we, what do we do, though? Because, you know, not, not so much Canada, because Canada was a compromise, but 
you know, the United States, uh, uh, America, was set up on the principle of freedom and liberty. And the thou shalt not get into our business. Um, it's up to us to get along. The government's supposed to do roads and bridges and all that kind of crap. And, you know, we're supposed to cooperate and everything. But there's a, there are limits to how far they can go with things. And uh, when they go too far, uh, we have a right to stand up and say, uh, screw you very much. That's not done here. You know, it's not done. Um, you don't not defend the borders. You know, if, if your job, one of the few jobs you're given in the Constitution is defending the borders, then you damn well better do it or else we're going to show up and we're going to remove you from office. You know, that's what it was expected that we would do. Instead, we sit around and do nothing. So what are we supposed to do? What, what are Canadians supposed to do? Because as I got to watching that, I'm, I'm, I just couldn't help but think, you know, we are kindred with Canada in more ways than most of us realize. Although we're also not kindred. But, but we should be friends who get along and know one another well. But you know what? We don't. But, and you're absolutely right. But here's, here's the kicker is that just like the United States or Germany or Canada that we've talked about, the chaos is not being created by the people. Right. It's being created by the governments. Yeah. And what's bizarre to me, just like the, the journalist said with Tucker and what we've talked about numerous times, is the lack of interest by the people. Yeah. You know, and I get it, the NIMBY thing, not in my backyard, or, well, I don't know that person, so, you know, I, I, I'm just not interested in, in, in getting involved. And I think that that's a bad attitude and a cop-out, you know, for, for people in the United States or anywhere, for that matter, to to not be engaged and, and not notice that if that can happen to this person or that group of people, it can happen to you. Yeah. And how, how we've gotten so far away from what you were just talking about, which is, yeah. you well, know, our, our country was built upon a lot of the militia concept was built upon the idea that, we have an obligation to look out for our neighbors, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. We don't have the right to look out for our neighbors. We have an obligation to, you know, whether it's a formal or informal militia. If there's a fire at your house, your neighbors are supposed to come over and help you. Yeah. You know, partly is the self-interest that if the wind's blowing the wrong way, it could be my house next. On, on the other hand, it's we're all in this together. If we aren't helping each other, then no one else is going to be here to help. Next time, it could be me. So, I mean, that is how the attitude is in, uh, in rural areas. But back to the big city thing, 
it, it gets to be well. That's why we have coppers. You know, <laughs> yeah. We pay we pay them to do that. Well, cops are citizens on patrol. That's what a cop is. And I think we've gotten way too far away from you know this whole. Uh, don't take the law into your own hands. I don't know how many times I've heard that, but I've heard it all my life. Yeah. And yet we have an obligation to take the law in our own hands in this country. You know, it, it's one of our responsibilities. If someone else isn't around who is paid to do it, then we're supposed to help. It's an obligation. It's it's part of that whole Christian thing where we're supposed to watch out for one another, whether we agree with one another religiously or not. The whole golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, you know, help someone out, even though you don't have to. All the way to the more formalized, you have to. You have to feel like that's your responsibility. So I would rather live in a country that's like that, that we feel like that is our job, that we have to, whether we really have to or not. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Like Germans keep their, their streets clean. Fine. How hard is that? You know? Um, they don't even mow the grass here uh, like <clears throat> in the medians out in the you know, county where I live. Mm-hmm. And and you're pulling into onto the highway, and if you you know like you can go, it's a two lane, it's a two lane uh, state highway, and and on each side the grass is five feet tall, so you can't see traffic coming from the opposite direction. Like if you want to turn left, you can't see traffic because it's you know on a hill, and and I'm like mow the damn grass. I mean, they're not fixing the streets. They're just continuously getting worse and worse. Um, my wife and I just the other day, like, you know, we didn't get to do our podcast because I had to go to Virginia, and it's like, well, you feel like you're off-road. Yeah. And it's just horrible. Well, yeah, you, around you here, know, they, fix your they damn roads. a couple times a year, yeah, <laughs> Fix your damn roads. What the hell's the matter? Where's all that infrastructure money that Joe Biden, uh, you know, $7 trillion or whatever it was? Where's all that money at? Well, it's spent around the big cities is what happens. You've seen it in Colorado. There's all kinds of problems outside of Denver that only get addressed in Denver. And I've I've long said that But they're not the, the only ones that are paying taxes. That's all I'll have to say. Well well you're right about that. It's just that I've always said that one of the worst things you can do in a state is have the state capital in the city in the state's uh, largest city. Because it's all self serving. If you look at all the state capitals that are in the state's largest city they all function the same way as Denver does. They just serve themselves all the damn time. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's a red or blue state or whatever. Um, if you just kind of look at every state capital in every state and how they operate, 
They, they suck up all the money. They care for themselves. And uh, the, the folks who aren't in the middle of all the population, they're left out. Their bridges don't get fixed. Their uh, medians don't get mowed, even though it's state responsibility. Um, the state roads don't get uh, plowed. They don't get maintained. Um, and, and I'm making a general statement. It's better in some places than in others. Um, but uh, generally speaking, that's true. They suck up all the money. I mean, you go look at Nashville and, and uh, Memphis and see if their roads around there look like yours. Oh, no. I Yeah, I've, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Well, yeah. Well, that's where the money's going. So... Uh, and yet that's a Republican state, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so we're, 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 we're bashing both sides is my point because neither side is on our side. Oh, no doubt. I, no, no doubt. I, I want the side that's on my side mm -hmm. and there isn't anyone other than Trump. And so you wonder, people wonder why this loyalty is to Trump. And, it, and I'm like, well, he's not on my side all the time. I, I disagree with him. He disagrees with me. But he, he's the only one. He's the only one who cares about people like me. Yeah. And that is why so many folks have a affinity toward him, who a lot of us did not at first, including me. Um, but over time... He's made a really convincing case for himself. And if these uh, folks have uh, any ideas of taking him out, like they did Kennedy, I mean, you know what happened to Kerry Lake. Have you heard about that? Uh, no, but I saw something the other day. Um, actually, someone made a comment, or maybe it was something that I read uh, about her, and I, I didn't really... Oh, it just finally hit the fan today. Um, well, so you, you knew then she's running for Senate. Uh -huh, but she yeah. wasn't having a lot of background, you know, wasn't having any help from the Republican Party and stuff. Well, it turns out the uh, chief of the uh, Arizona GOP, uh, you know, they have different state chairs and all that crap. Well, this clown um, was telling her, uh, don't run for Senate. I have people, uh, big, important, powerful people who don't want you to run. <laughs> and there and you they go. Want, yeah, they want you to sit out just two years and, the, and these People he re he's referring to were wanting her to take like a board seat somewhere. Or, you know the the favorite. Of, so in other words, a bribe. Been, a bribe. Yeah. Mm. The favorite. Well, that's what she said was yeah. because somebody taped this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it just came out, and so, um, so at any rate, she said. So in other words, how much can I be bought for? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and he's and he basically says yes, and she says ah. I wouldn't I would not accept a billion dollars. You know what? And that just goes to show exactly what we've been saying on our show. Well, day one. 
Yeah. And both parties do it, yeah. too. Absolutely. You know, the, the very favorite, because this guy who's it's leaving not uh, your office turn in yet. It's not your turn yeah, yet. This guy who's leaving office in Ohio, even though they need him in the uh, House to accept a job at a university, uh, he's a uh, Republican, of course. Um, that's always been where these uh, spineless people go is into so-called academia. They become a president or a dean or a whatever mm -hmm. at some college or yep. university, so they won't uh, conflict with whatever the grand plan is. There are two or three people I can think of right off the top of my head in the Senate and the House that that has happened to in the last year or will happen to in the coming six months. So... That's probably what they had in mind. But at any rate, the guy says, yeah, that, you know, that's what he's trying to do is bribe her to stay out for two years. And she said, no way. Well, guess what became public today? Um, and the guy's already resigned. I know, saw, that's of, what I saw that he resigned over something. Yeah. And I didn't really. That's what it was about. You know, and I, and I think, you know, thank goodness uh, whoever was in there did that. Um, well, it should be going to prison for extortion. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? But that's the problem with Arizona politics. Well, he'll get, and, he'll get a job somewhere, you know, that, uh, you know, we won't hear about. He'll get a cush job somewhere and still be in the, the mix. Well, whoever the guy's pack was he was talking to is probably where he'll go get a job. Yeah, you know? I mean, they, they it's don't. It's so freaking corrupt that, and... So that's what I what we all need to realize, and and maybe this is where the Canadian the Canadians are, is that there there isn't anyone on their side. Why should they even speak up? There's nothing they can do. That's the feeling. It's the uh, there are some uh, rumors going around that uh, there are a couple of groups who have found places where if you wanted to go down to Texas and help with this border situation um, off the books, shall we say. In other words, if I wanted to drive down there and uh, help, <laughs> probably a better shot than most of those people are, um, then uh, I could go down there and do that. And uh, they've got a network put together on that, and uh, it's been found out. Um, so... They get painted as, uh, you know, all of this right-wing stuff. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You say Mitt Romney's a right-winger. Yeah. Well, this doesn't sound like they're like Mitt Romney <laughs> to me. You know? Well, maybe they're extremists, you know? But, but I don't know if they're white or not. Maybe they're white extremists, you know, or white supremacists. Or, you know, there's all this proclivity toward labeling people. Instead of saying, well, whatever they are, they're willing to stand up and, and stop whatever's going on. And I don't mind that because it is time to stop what's going on. It's been going on for too long. No, and as you and, were saying earlier, though, uh, if the government's not going to... If the government isn't going to do their duty... 
and and one of their major tasks is to protect the people, the citizens of the United States. Then, if they're not going to do that job, then we have to do it ourselves, because there is nobody else. Right. You know what? Who are we gonna Who are we gonna call to to help us? I mean, you, you can't. From personal experience, you can't call your representative or your senator and expect them to do anything for you. They don't. They don't have time for you. How dare you call and 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 think that you're going to talk to, uh, you know, your senator or your representative? They don't have time for you. <laughs> Guess I got to do it on my own. Yeah, I mean that's kind of well, where we're at. I I think it is because as recently as twenty years ago or so, you could still make something happen with a senator or a representative. Uh, not I'm not saying that it was easy, but you could do it, get it done. Yeah, you know I got legislation done that I wrote a lot of in Colorado uh, at the state level with state senators and state uh, representatives and also did a number of things nationally um, through uh, a, a senator and a representative. Um, I don't know that those things could get done today and those things were 20 years ago. So I'm kind of dating myself here. Um, but they, they could get done. There wasn't the acrimony uh, then that there is now. There was still some acrimony. Uh, don't get me wrong, but there was uh, not this like it is now where, you know, the other side wants to put you in jail or uh, burn your house down or have a riot at your place or whatever, you know, it just wasn't like that. Um so I get, uh, especially on the Republican side, I get where some of them want to, you know, they'll go to office, they'll take, they'll take the money uh, from the pack, and then they'll uh, retire after two or three things and go take a cushy job. It's all been prearranged because they don't want to be drugged through the mud anymore. And while they're on the job as a congressperson or as a senator, they don't want to talk to us all because they don't want to hear all of the vitriol, you know, um, because it's bad. You couldn't get me to do it. You could not pay me enough to be a senator or a, a representative. Um, now, granted, some of those people, they're not smart enough to, to have those jobs. The people who are smart enough, the ones who are there to get something done and then gone, um, they're, they don't want people around them, even if, it do, even if it means them not serving their public, which is, which is the sad thing, because our, we're the public and we're not being served, even, for pe even by people we vote for. And they wouldn't care, you know, if, if we voted the other way either. You know, that's their attitude. Well, I'm going to be fine either way. You vote for whoever you want to. You know, that's some of the problem with both parties now. Um, so I, I don't know. May, maybe the people here in the U.S. 
are in the same boat as Canada, where there's a, a certain level of we've we've just given up on the concept of our government responding to us unless it's some sort of a, uh, I don't know, huge event. Um, but that's pretty pathetic. It really is. I mean, Europe's been that way a long time. Uh, but our country has never been that. That is new to our culture. And what's really new to our culture is that our our elected people and our bureaucrats are untouchable. There's that's a difference between now and twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing we can do. You know. Um, and granted, the Civil Service Act there of 77, 78, whatever that was, entrenched the bureaucracy uh, to where they're untouchable for sure by now. But they weren't that entrenched 20 years ago. They've really learned how to game the system to where you can have the whole floor of the FBI now uh, rebel against the uh, presidency and take him out of office, essentially, which is what they did all four years of Trump's presidency. Um, they just took him out, and, and there were no, no consequences to them at all. The only ones who came close got, got restored, got their retirement restored. You know, screw us, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what we're supposed to do. Uh, I, I think that... Texas is a great example to me of uh, if, if you want to take away, I don't even know how they could legally uh, take the National Guard of Texas away from the governor. I just, I don't see a, the how that works legally. Well, that was done <laughs> once before um, I saw that, I, I read about this. Um. With, with Alabama? I I can't remember who the president was, but it's been a long time ago. Um, that that uh, yeah, it's something along those lines. But uh, it's only been done once, and like I said, it was a very very long time ago. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's when. Uh, um, Alabama did not want to allow integration and the National Guard uh, opened up the schools. So I don't know that it was the Alabama National Guard that was used though. But at any rate, I don't know how that works legally by a president having the authority to commandeer a state's national guard I, I honestly have no idea how that works yeah but that tells me right there that the national guard is not a militia because a militia is only state control there's no state regulation or federal regulation of of militia so i think what's going on in texas right now is a great example of why they need a militia and they ought to be out down there on 
any private property owner who owns property on the border and any state-owned property and any other property that someone wants a map. Uh, and as far as, you know, in Kansas City in 68, when they had the riots, there was a mayor there named Hylas Davis, who's a Democrat mayor. And uh, they had rioting one day uh, or one night that was really bad. And he got on the radio and uh, did a press thing the next day. And he said, uh, I've ordered a curfew for something like, I don't know, 8 o'clock p.m. or whatever, uh, or dark. It was one of those two things. It was either a time and or dark. But at any rate, it was basically like, if you are seen on the streets after this time, you will the police have orders to shoot on sight. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And he is the guy who issued the order. His name was Ilus Davis, Democrat. And uh, he said, yeah, if you are seen, the police have the authority to shoot you on sight. And the riot stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was nothing going on. Now, it doesn't mean there weren't tensions or something, but it, it did mean that the pressure cooker stopped. Because they were just going out, blowing off steam like the Rodney King bullshit, where they're burning their own houses down. And, you know, I get how people would be angry. I mean, we were talking the other day about Trump. What would happen if if Trump was assassinated? Well, I I don't have a problem with being out there burning off steam myself, because it, it would need to happen. I think this border stuff is another one of those things. Uh, I, the election thing with January 6th, I totally get people being bent out of shape on that because we all know that wasn't right, what happened with that election. Now, we all don't know he won or lost because of voting irregularities, but we all know they were there. And to be told, oh, no, there was nothing substantial, even when they don't know they can't account for it, it wasn't audited, yeah, yeah, don't play me for a fool. I know that it was screwed up. You can't prove what the results were. So don't tell me that you can't. Yeah. Just just be honest. You know, what I'm mad as anything about is the dishonesty. Yeah, the same here. You know, we we have a right to be treated like we're adults. You know, we're citizens. It's supposed to be our country. Unlike any other country, you know, we are the sovereign. The people are the sovereign in the United States. This whole concept of the government having, being the sovereign and having sovereign immunity is bullshit. Yeah. I don't know how the Supreme Court ever created that. So I don't know what we do as people other than finally just say, you know, we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it any longer. Maybe the border is a nice place to do it because it's not as populated. And, and you show up with a bunch of truckers or, or armed people or militia or whatever, and you have a little showdown. You know, maybe shots get fired and people get killed, or, or maybe not. You know, it, I, I think that if you've got 10,000 truckers down there and, and you've got a whole bunch of uh, state militia uh, or militia, let's say civilian militia, and uh, uh, Texas National Guard people, and then you've got state troops 
I think someone someone's going to back down from that, and I don't think it's going to be Texas. Oh no, not yeah, not by any stretch. So the yeah. uh, I looked it up. So, uh, so this uh, happened in 1957 when Eisenhower federalized the Arkansas Guard to ensure compliance with the law. Oh, it was Arkansas. Okay, yeah. that was a little rock, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't say specifically where, but um, probably so. Oh, yeah, I think it was the school at Little Rock. The Little Rock 5, Little Rock 7, something like that. Yeah. My little pea brain, I'm surprised it remembers anything anymore. You're right, though. But, yeah. but, but, but I guess the question is, where does, it, where does it say that as far as constitutionality goes? Yeah, because I, you know, the National Guard isn't in the Constitution, so there must be something in documents of how the National Guard operates that uh, allows or disallows or whatever. And and um, I'm going to read something here, and I'm going to see if you can guess who said it. But this this pertains to what we're talking about, which is the constitutionality of what the Supreme Court decided and and how they're trying to you know use the federal government's power to to basically it, it's a dictatorship that's that's all it is that's what we're facing uh the constitution is not a living organism it's a legal document and it says what it says and it doesn't say what it doesn't say you know who said that Thomas? Antonin Scalia. Scalia. Uh, my other guess. <laughs> yeah. But, but listen, pay real close attention to what he said, because we've said this on our show, yeah. which is yeah. if the Constitution, like, the, the Democrats will use certain segments of it and then add some stuff to it. But that's not what the Constitution says. You're, you're adding your own ideas and your own, you know, agenda to a legal document that's in, in plain black and white. Like, a well-regulated militia. Well, well-regulated means the government gets to regulate what they can and can't possess, and that's not what it says. You're adding that to it. Shall not be infringed. That's the key part. You, you can't you can't add or subtract anything from that because it, it like he said it says what it says and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. Mm -hmm. So if you if you have some sort of I don't know cliff notes or something to the Constitution that the rest of us aren't privy to, I'd I'd sure like to see them. I'd like to know where you're getting your information from. You know maybe there were some. Uh, Maybe they wrote some uh, secret documents that went along with it that the rest of us aren't, you know, we've never seen before. Yeah. Because that's what you're making it seem like. And I mean, I mean the politicians... The and yeah, they're in the cornerstone of the White House where the Masons put them. Maybe yeah. that's what was in Joe Biden's uh, garage there. Those classified documents were... 
It, it could have been because I know he they weren't in his pants because something else got dumped in his pants. <laughs> But where does uh, where does it say in the Constitution that Texas can't put razor wire uh, around their border to protect the border? Where I, I mean, I I know that's getting a little, you know, carried away. But is it? Well, there's nothing preventing the state from doing that. I, I mean, mean, does doesn't the Constitution are... actually say that you know you you should? When it comes to borders that, you know, our government is supposed to protect its citizens? Well, yeah, that is one of their uh, primary jobs. So, you know, they've abandoned their responsibility. Uh, It just blows my mind that this, the Roberts Court, is... They're, they're just avoiding responsibility. They don't want to do their freaking jobs. Um, and that's what a, a mealy mouth John Roberts is. So uh, I can't believe that was even a 5-4 decision. Well, I mean, Roberts and uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, I'm, I call her Amy Comey. Because she's like James <laughs> yeah. 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 What a... She's turned out to be a... I don't know. I'll be nice. And wasn't it Gorsuch? Or was it... Uh, what's his fuzz? Uh, um, I think those are the two only two Republicans. Or not no, Republicans, but... Right, so was, right, it, was right. it was it Roberts and uh, uh, Comey? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's okay. the, those are the two that voted along with the other Democrats. Yeah, because it was five four. Okay. Um, I mean I, that just blows my mind. I mean it's so clear what the government's responsibility is. Yeah, well, isn't it weird court, though? You know. Going beyond their decision, isn't it weird though how they, like you said, they cherry picked a portion of it? But that was such an important thing to rule on. Yeah. uh, When there have been many other cases that were way more important, and they decided to kick it back down to lower courts, it's it's just bizarre to me. Yeah, they they did the least amount of legal work that they could. And in fact, it's going to turn out to be the most amount of trouble that they're going to have caused because of it. Um, I mean, there could easily be shots fired over it. So I mean, that- let me ask you a question. So Like I mentioned, Roe v. Wade is a huge topic for the Democrats this election cycle. It's just like the last one. They're going to make that the number one, uh, the the number one thing on their platform. Uh, and and one of the promises that they're making, all of them, they're all making the rounds. Schumer and and I mean every single one of them, that they are going, they want your vote because they will codify Roe v. Wade into the law of the land. They'll pass a law. If they tried to do that, 
Wouldn't that go back to the Supreme Court and they would kick it, they would find it unconstitutional because that's basically their decision in Roe v. Wade? And, and say it's up to the states to decide? Well, I mean, ordinarily, yeah, ordinarily anything that like that would be overturned because it was in conflict of the uh, most recent Supreme Court decision. But that's just how, you know, th this is the Hegelian dialectic at work, and they're just going to keep pushing boundaries. It's really odd to me still that it is abortion, because we all know it has nothing to do with women's rights. Um, and it has nothing to do with the, the right to life either, in my opinion. That's, that's how cynical I've become about both sides, but... Um, you know, they're, I just don't think they, they have a, uh, they're just not telling the truth. I mean, it, it's all boils down to at what degree, what level of degree does the government have the right to intrude into your life? Um, uh, so how come the, how come the, my body, my choice is exclusive to abortion? So you know they want to they want to ban nicotine pouches. They want to ban you know certain size drinks uh, because it's not healthy. Um, why why doesn't it's my body my choice extend to all the other things? I mean it, it, it's not exclusive to abortion. No. At least it shouldn't be. Well, the concept though of my body, my choices, as we've talked about before, is a property rights issue. That we all own our own bodies. Well, that's the point, right? Yeah. And the abandonment of property rights after uh, the Supreme Court screwed up, um, uh, what was that case? Uh, Dred Scott. Um, you know, that was just so badly botched. Um, that it became something that the Supreme Court didn't want to do anymore is make determinations based on property rights. And the progressive movement took all kinds of advantage of it because look what we've had happen in this country after around 1880 or so because property rights weren't defended. Mm -hmm. You know, we have all kinds of things going on. The, well, the, the border issue, property rights, uh, no one's property rights are being protected. So I've, I know I've said it a million times, but if, oddly enough, none of these so-called women's rights people cared to hear what I was saying, even though it agreed with them ultimately. But I always did say that, you know, my body, my choice is about property rights. That if the government does not have a right to do whatever they want to to my body. Um, not what's inside of it, like in the case of abortion, not to put something inside of it, like COVID vaccine that isn't a vaccine. You know, there yeah, are limits. And, and what really blew me away about that interview that she sent me with Tucker and the other guy was the assisted suicide thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
what what in the Sam Hill? That that just blew my mind. I'm like, wow. There's a special place in hell for those kind of people. Well, and it's available. You know, people can do suicide in Colorado now. They have been able to for a while. I think that I don't know that they call it assisted suicide, but you can have someone there when you decide to go. And they do not have. So, you know, I I, and I don't want to. I can't put myself in the shoes of someone who's contemplating that. You know, maybe they have. You know, incurable cancer or, or they're in pain from something, whatever. But I mean, if it's if it's just somebody who, uh, look, I just don't want to live anymore. I mean, I, I I don't know. It's it's a. I that's a tough that's a tough area. Well, it is, and, and I think that is the same thing anyone would say about abortion too. Is right. it's really tough? Yeah. No matter what side someone would be on, if you're the mother. Because I don't know a single woman who has had an abortion that hasn't had some tremendous level of guilt um, and sadness over having the abortion. Yeah. And yet, given the same set of choices, they would do it again. It was the biggest thing they ever encountered in their life. And they would still make the same decision again. Others who would not do it the same way. Um, I get that. And I just think that is one of those things that uh, the majority needs to keep their freaking nose out of. Yeah, no, the only thing that the only thing about um, abortion that bothers me, like I don't want it banned or outlawed or anything like that, is that that should not be a form of birth control. Well, you're right, and yet it has, it is, right? Well, but I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. But I'm just yeah. saying that that you know, if a if a if a woman, you know, gets four or five abortions, and it's because she's not, you know, she's not being safe or using protection, birth control, whatever. Uh, that's not acceptable. Not for me. Yeah, it, it does happen, especially when you've got, um, I'll, I'll just use the term Planned Parenthood because they're by far the biggest baby killers, but they're not the exclusive abortionists. Um, but, you know, there, there are funds set aside, and unfortunately, sometimes it's taxpayer monies that get used uh, to do it, and they're not, they're not doing mammograms and um, whatever healthcare things for women exclusively, you know, uh, money's, uh, fungible and they're, they're using taxpayer money for abortions and, uh, and a lot of taxpayer money to fund Democrat political donations. So, um, to be the truth be told, I think the Democrat party's matter about that uh, money going away to them than they are about anything else. That's how cynical I am about it all. Yeah. But 
you know, I, I think that you made a point quite some time ago on abortion where, you know, uh, the, a father should have a right because the babies have his. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there are rights and obligations that need to go through that. And that is not the point of our conversation to filter out the perfect solution to all of that. Right. It's just to point out that there's an angle here, a perspective there, maybe somebody didn't think of. But yeah, the, the father might want that baby. Well, and I think the, that's why it makes it such a complex issue is because, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many variables. Yeah, and and, and I don't want to whole... say I don't want to say that every woman who gets an abortion is doing it, for, you know, for birth control reasons. That's not what I'm implying. No, uh, but you know, it's a small I part. Know, of it. Well, yeah, but there's all kinds of different things that go into it. Like I know more than one person who uh, was a an abortion gone wrong, and they lived. Um, that. Uh, they had an abortion and the baby lived. That um, they had an abortion that was successful. They had one, you know, I've I've just seen all of that, people who I've known. Mm-hmm. And it's just a traumatic thing for them. And And I completely get the belief that that baby is alive. And, and you get to definitions of, well, what is alive? When is it alive? You know, you, you still can't really get Christians to agree on when, when life actually enters the body. You know, it, there's the beating heart deal, the, which I don't disagree with. There's the brain activity deal, which I don't disagree with. But if you want to have a biblical definition of it, what's the Bible say? You know, we go to what's the Constitution say all the time. What's the Bible say about it? The only thing in there is in Genesis. And that's when God breathed life into Adam's lungs. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, there's a very good case there, based on the Bible itself, that, yeah, the person isn't alive in the physical sense as far as their soul is now in charge of itself or is a being until they've taken their first breath. I'm not saying that's my view. I I honestly don't think any of us is informed enough to claim that we know it all. But there's there's three things right there that you could you could argue about. But the the whole point is is that a woman doesn't need to be hearing all of this crap, you know. Especially someone who they don't even know me. I'm glad to have a, this conversation with her, with any her out there. But the bottom line is, it's her body, right? You know, it's her life. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell her the same thing I just told you, you know. Well, actually, I didn't quite go far, but every woman I've known who's had one at some point regretted it. 
And every woman I've known who decided to have the baby instead thought it was the best thing she ever did, that she was glad that she had the child, even though she might have given it up for adoption. Maybe she's had, still has that baby, and had several more. You know, um, obviously I've known a lot of women, um, but the the decision or the outcome that I've observed the most is, is that a woman who decides to have an abortion has a, a harder time of it than someone who does not. Even though they get convinced by their culture, the women, female culture, the pressure to get rid of the baby because it'll, you know, be some negative impact on their life. Um, it seems like in my observations as a mere man, Mr. Man, is that the exact opposite happens for some reason. It's the old, boy, were those hard years that I lived through doing X, Y, Z. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. It, it seems like that's the case for women and babies, you know, who they decide to keep. Yeah. Is that it's the best thing they ever did. And yet, you know, uh, I completely respect uh, their choice to not do that. So uh, it, it gets in the way of my religious view on it, but that's the whole point to the Constitution, is that, you know, we don't get to force our constitutional or our religious views on each other. That that's supposed to be respected. Right. So if we're not going to do that, then let's just do away with the Constitution and we'll have a, a Bible, um, you know, a religious government. Let, well, let's just do a Muslim government. How about that? And then the Christians all say, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. <laughs> right. And, you know, and the, and the Buddhists say, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. You know, <laughs> so, you know, well, you, you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to have everything your way. This is an adult world and you have to be a grown up. You have to realize that you don't get to have your way all the time. So my point is, is that even though it's not my way, uh, I would respect someone making a decision that I don't necessarily agree with. I still respect the fact that they thought it through, yeah. that they asked me or did not ask me or whatever. I think this uh, a society has to be supportive of people in those positions and has to encourage them uh, that, hey, if you have the baby, we have things in place to help you. Uh, if, to me... Right for Life does a, a lot more if they help those things in place. Um, but they haven't. I mean, they do some of it. I should correct that. But um, at any rate, that's way far afield of borders, but it's right on tack with uh, property rights. And if getting away from the property rights aspect of it uh, made abortion over something else. You know, we've had 50 years of fighting over opinions 
instead of 50 years of fighting over, was this a correct application of property rights or not? And I think that it was not. You know, uh, even though I would agree that, yeah, that uh, I would disagree with uh, some of what Roe v. Wade did, but I would uh, agree with some of it. That a, that a woman has the right to make those de those decisions. It should have been done on a property rights basis. Yeah. And uh, the women's rights people weren't interested in listening to to me, even though I was basically the bottom line of what I'm saying is on their side, right? Mm -hmm. What's there to argue with if that's really what you want is the freedom of choice? Because that's what I'm arguing so uh, non-eloquently for you. <laughs> right. No, so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but, and yet they don't want to listen. Um, because it's not about it. It's not about what they say that it's about. They, they don't want to make a decision based on property rights. They want to make a decision based on, you know, popular vote. Yeah. Or, or what about, makes them feel all warm and fuzzy. Yeah, is they, they don't care about a real legal basis for something. Um, it's like the borders thing. It's not about the borders, not to the Democrats. It's nothing to do with the borders. They, they want to tear up the culture that we have here. They, you know, they, they want to do the same thing to America as as Angela Merkel did to Germany and take the nice clean streets and public services and turn it all into Frankfurt and just turn it into a giant sewer hall. You know, that's, that's what they're all about. Yeah. They make it so bad that they'll have to step in and run everything. Then they'll have won. So. Well, well since, we didn't, we, since we didn't get to talk Tuesday, which we we really, I guess we would have kind of known. Uh, the New Hampshire primary took place, and now we're down to two, which is kind of ridiculous because we should be down to one. Oh, I was going to say Trump and Biden. So who? Well, I mean, Nikki Haley is not going to drop out. We're, uh, she lost twice. You know, Ron DeSantis came in second with the Iowa caucuses. She got third. Yeah. Then she lost to New Hampshire. And I, I think this kind of shows the, the narcissism of these people. You know, she, she came out and said, this race is far from over. It was over six months ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was basically over the second time the polls bumped up after Trump was being prosecuted. Yeah, but I'm, it, I'm thinking basically she's... He, he sealed the deal then. Yeah, I, I'm thinking she's going to go, you know, into South Carolina and pull out a win where she's <laughs> actually... Uh, Tim Scott endorsed Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the current governor endorsed Trump. 
Yeah. And Nancy Mace endorsed Trump. So she's not. She doesn't have a chance to win in her own state. Yeah, I don't think her money's coming from her state. Well, we all know it's not. No, for sure. Um, as a matter of fact, I read something uh, the other day that said seventy percent of the votes that that uh, Nikki Haley got in New Hampshire were not registered Republicans. Right. Now. Uh, that doesn't mean she didn't get a lot of the independent votes. But that's really one of the only states that allows uh, Democrats and Republicans to vote in either or. Yeah. So, you know, she's getting money from the DNC. Yeah. And, and what does that tell you? That they are they are scared of Donald Trump for some reason. I don't know what it is. Now I can tell you this. Uh if he if he wins in twenty twenty four, he's got nothing to lose at that point. And I don't mean that as a scary thing. But he, he doesn't he doesn't have to worry about a re election. So, I mean, he could turn everything upside down. And, oh, well. Um, Peter Navarro got four months in prison. Seriously? Yeah. And a $9,000 fine. Yeah, and a 9000 and some change fine. Uh, the government wanted six months and a $200,000 fine. Um, and here we are with the Republicans, yellow bellies, uh, could have done the same thing with Hunter and, and, uh, so again, you know, no accountability, but yeah, he yeah, got, they have nothing on him for anything. Who? Navarro. It was for uh, disobeying the January 6th committee subpoena. That's all it's for. Yeah, and, and they don't even have their own records. They destroyed their own records. They pulled the Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but uh, like we've said on this show before, I mean, all they got to do is find the right judge, and there you go. I mean, he's, he's tried in Washington, D.C., for the love of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think's going to happen? He's going to get pardoned. <laughs> Restitution. It's just another example of how screwed up our judicial system is because, I mean... <sighs> well, it, it's like... If you if you keep up the big picture of it, of well, we just have to vote our people in, which is what these stupid Republicans say. Yeah. What's that do to help Peter Navarro? He's out nine thousand dollars in nine months out of his life. Even if he's pardoned, you know, you know he'll he goes in before he goes into jail before uh, Trump's even 
you know, before the election even happens. Yeah. So, you know, and who knows that he wins? I, I don't believe it. I think that they've got all of that uh, rigged. I think they're they're going to stuff the ballot boxes again. It does, you know, the whole thing about the voting machines not working properly, I think, may or may not have been some truth to it. But what I've always looked at it is that that is all uh, uh, misdirection. Yeah. Because it's all about garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you've got 20,000 votes in there and the, the system doesn't know that they're legal or not legal votes, they just know that they're ballots that have been filled out and they count how many of them voted for one and voted for another. You know, and if you keep running those ballots through there all the time and doing what they call a recount, you're going to keep getting the same answer. Well, you heard about what, <laughs> the gaff machine, the guy who can't think straight. You heard what he did on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. So he was he was no. in uh, um, Virginia. And he was doing a, I don't know, a speech or something there. <laughs> So he's gotten criticism even from the left. The guy's so stupid. Where he call uh, he was calling Virginia Democrat Governor Terry McAuliffe the real governor of the state, despite his loss to Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin in 2021. So he was at a campaign rally, and uh, he pointed at McAuliffe and 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 described him as the real governor. He, so he comes out and he says, hello, Virginia, and the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. <laughs> so he, oh, McAuliffe lost by 60,000-plus votes. Uh, so he was the governor from t- 2014 to 2018. Uh, but got beat. So this was their uh, Biden's and Kamala Harris's first joint campaign event. Um, and uh, the speech, like I said, centered around abortion and how President Trump contributed to the Supreme Court reversal of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, nine justices of the Supreme Court were sitting around saying, uh, WWTD, what would Trump do? <laughs> like that's that was the that that was the first thing that came to their minds. Pretty sure. Yeah. So dumb. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess uh, <laughs> Glenn Youngkin tweeted, "Mr. President, I'm right here." <laughs> <laughs> So uh, a spokesperson for Glenn Youngkin said, there are only two options here. Either the president doesn't know who is the governor of Virginia right now, or he's denying the results of the Virginia's 2021 election. Uh, So a bunch of political analysts and political leaders 
were asking why would he make a statement that appeared to deny the results of Virginia's election since the president has repeatedly slammed Trump for refusing to accept the 2020 election results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, what's her name in Georgia? Uh, Did the same thing. Right. Where she, you know, she refused to concede because she was the real governor and they cheated. Well, how did they cheat? If if this is the most secure election in history, it just so happens that the the race in Georgia for the governorship, somehow they cheated? Are you an election denier? Yeah. And the only thing that prevented you from probably going to the Capitol in Georgia was the buffet line. Yeah. Get out of here with that nonsense. So a White House official told the New York Post that the president's comment was not intended to represent a denial of the 2020 election results. He was making a joke. Yeah. Anytime he appears in public, he's making a joke. Yeah, being a joke isn't the same as making a joke. Yeah. yeah, and as for fancy pants or what what's her name? The that woman the woman in Georgia? What's her the one that you're talking about who denied the election? I I can't think of her name off the top of my head. That's just how important she is. Well, yeah, that's for sure. It's just I mean I don't know. I sh- maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, just because I'm tired. And so I was listening to ACDC the other day, this last weekend, which I don't know, maybe I shouldn't listen to ACDC anymore because I'm so old. <laughs> but I was. And there, there's, for some reason, it just jumped into my little head there that they have a song that it is perfect about her called A Whole Lot of Rosie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So now maybe that'll help remember. We'll just call her Rosie for now. What is her name? Uh, Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Yeah, Rosie Abrams. Rosie Abrams. A Whole Lot of Rosie. I heard she was going to be the guest field goal, uh, the guest goal post at the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't get locked in the smokehouse. What else we got here then, right? That's not the side of beef, that's the whole beef. Uh, for the close here. Oh, uh, did you hear they they charged um, Alec Baldwin with in uh, involuntary manslaughter again? Yeah, um, I guess I don't know that I have a problem with that. It's not not a proper charge, but it's you know something that that I wouldn't have a problem with them pleading it down to that. But you can't call it involuntary 
if the trigger was pulled. That's the very definition. Well, maybe it, maybe it wasn't involuntary. Maybe it was just no. An you're, no, you're right. That is what they, it is. What they charged him was it was involuntary manslaughter, but it should have been a felony manslaughter charge. Yeah, you know, you, I would, you know what? The, I wouldn't have a, a problem with them bleeding it down, but the very act of pulling a trigger is not is not involuntary. It's no. an intentional act. Yeah. And that's a, a misreading, a misapplication of any sort of standardized uh, firearms laws. You know what the, the penalty is for what, if he's found guilty? Uh, no. I, I believe it said nine months in jail. So basically, he, he shot and killed someone. And he'll get the same amount of time or, or what was requested by the uh, Department of Justice for Peter Navarro, who just didn't show up to a congressional hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's insane to me. You can't make this stuff up. See, I think there's a good argument for a militia in, in Navarro's case. Uh, and a lot of other people who have been persecuted is that you surround them with people that the DOJ can't get to, can't get through. You know, it's like, hey, we're willing to go to war over this. You know, you've got to have people willing to fact, fact I mean, fight I, back that hard. But I mean, everywhere. Why? Why even sentence him to prison? What what's the well, point? Yeah. He's seventy, and, and look, age has nothing to do with with it. So I won't even mention his age. But he's he's not a career criminal. I mean, you'd figure, you know, if this was something that he had done numerous times, or if he had a criminal record, you know, maybe maybe he gets some jail time. Uh but why why any jail time at all? It's a white collar crime, really. But it, well, a lot of people, including Biden's uh, own attorney, argued that it wasn't even a crime, that, that they did not have uh, the authority to uh, uh, press charges against Hunter. But the, what's the difference? Well, yeah. Uh, because mm -hmm. if, if Hunter Biden went to jail, they'd be burning cities? I mean, I, I don't know that that would happen. I mean, most people probably don't even care. But I, that's part of the problem. Yeah, it's not equal justice under the law. That's my grade. At some point, people have to be willing to do exactly what I did or, or what I said or something like that where it becomes something that the government cannot get away with. Because you don't put... An, e uh, an economy advisor in prison for nine months because they didn't want to go to a, a sham public hearing that they had nothing to do with, you know? Yeah. Especially when the Congress has destroyed their own records. So, so they cannot be uh, reviewed and uh, audited for, for how they missed... Uh, Miscarried justice in that case. Yeah.
So there's just no way. There's no way that should be going on. Um, so I, I don't really know what you, you do about it until you get into street justice. You know, the whole, what would uh, Luca Brazzi do? You know, I, I do think our country is at a point where we have to look at ourselves as, you know, let's say Luca Brazzi works for us. What what do we need for Luca to do? Yeah, and that's what I would have him do is, you know, he's in charge of making sure Navarro doesn't go to prison. He's in charge of making sure the border doesn't get crossed illegally. He's in charge of this and that and the other thing. Here you go, Luca. You know, <laughs> you're in charge of the militia, the, the Bratzi militia. How's that? You know, that ought to stir some people up. So, I mean, I'm joking around with this, but I'm like, I'm not that unserious. Right. It. Yeah. I mean, that is a, that is a maybe the only practical solution that we have that's a true solution. I haven't heard any others that are true solutions. Uh, last thing here, and then we'll wrap it up. Going back to the New Hampshire primary. Um, Donald Trump won with 54.5% of the vote. That is a election record. Mm-hmm. And that's that's even with uh, <laughs> Chris yeah. Chris Sununu backing uh, their little their little love story for a, a few weeks in New Hampshire. Um, yeah, she only got forty three percent. So he's had over fifty yeah. percent in two primaries, basically. I guess you know one was a caucus, and then the, the New Hampshire yeah. primary. And the majority of her votes were Democrats. Yeah. I mean that's pathetic. Why why didn't she just run as a Democrat? She could have upset Biden. I mean that's something a smart person would have done. Now that I think of it, why not why not change parties and run as a as a Democrat in New Hampshire? But but don't you see uh, the the pattern of election interference? Because mm-hmm. they, they were claiming that she was either going to win or it was going to be really close. Uh, and it was a double-digit win with a 54%. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? that's not close. That's an Especially ass Especially when beating. half your votes are Democrats. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's an ass yeah. beating. Yeah. And, and the guy who won second place dropped out. Yeah. The, the ego of these people uh, in, in our political sphere is just, uh, it's off the charts. Well, I can't I'm stand thinking. to listen to her. You know, I told my wife, I said, you know, it's damn time that we have a female president. But it has to be the right female. Christy Nome. You know, someone who, who, who isn't, so I, I, I think I had mentioned it last show, but she had traveled around in, in Iowa 
and uh, she was giving the speeches, you know, to the the uh, the caucuses there, and everything was the same, all, the same speech every single time. Mm-hmm. And she's very robotic, and then she has an annoying voice. Not to mention, she is she is the epitome of establishment. And, and it, it really drove me nuts as a veteran to hear her say time and time again, uh, talking about her husband just left for another deployment and she didn't want war and all this. Why would you even have to say something like that? And I mean, I, I don't like people who... I don't respect people who use certain things as a crutch. You know what I mean? And yeah. she kept bringing that up, and I'm like, there, there are millions of people, or hundreds of thousands at least, that have relatives or brothers and sisters or sons and daughters in the military. Why is your husband so special? Yeah. You know how many thousands of of service members have been deployed over the the last 20 years? Is it to make you look I don't know what's the point? Yeah, and yet her voting record tells me she doesn't give a crap about those people at all. She's no. just another neocon who wants war just like I don't know, uh, most of the Republicans and most of the Democrats. They're just, they just want the, the military industrial money. That's ill. That's I wouldn't trust her money. as far as I could throw you. I, I mean, seriously, I, I do not. And she's a, a so-called Republican, but I do not trust her. Well, I wouldn't trust her as far as you could throw... Uh, Rosie Abrams. <laughs> Which, I don't know that I could throw her at all. <laughs> oh, you'd be instantly needing back surgery. Yeah, like, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd have, I'd have to have the uh, professional wrestling assist with the hip toss. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that the UAW came out today saying that there's no way they're going to back Trump? After we talked about that last week? No, I didn't. Yeah. He's against everything we stand for. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell do you stand for then? <laughs> you you want to lose your jobs? Is that, is that what you really stand for? Are you going to move to China and put their cars together? Is that what you're all about? Yeah. I mean, really? That's pretty stupid. You're going to lose all your jobs to either China or AI and uh, EVs? Yeah. I mean, where the hell does he think his people are going to go work? You know, it's like an endorsement. None of that crap matters to me. I I don't care who endorses anybody. I mean, I, I, and I think it goes to show that with Chris Zanunu backing Nikki Haley, in his own state, and she loses. I don't think people really care about that. It's just like, I, I don't really care about polls. Unless there's a dancer on it. 
But, <laughs> but I, I mean, they're, they're irrelevant. Because... Well, except for when you think about where the union money goes to for campaign donations. Well, I mean, yeah, there is that and, thing. And who they pay to fill out ballots and stuff. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm curious to see if we're going to have another 49 million mail-in votes. Well, that's, that's really my point, is that I think that... It's, uh, I think they're already putting all that stuff together so that they have people to fill them out and to deliver them. And uh, I don't know, they won't be able to have the and same I've turnout been saying, as last time. I've been saying for a long time that uh, the Democrats seem awfully confident in, in a person. Uh, how can you be confident that he's going to? make it another 24 hours let alone alone four years I really have to wonder you know Trump's up by six on Biden right now and if I do an honest appraisal of just how screwed up the country is I wonder how's it only six you know who are the other I don't know 40 five percent or whatever of the country who who would vote for that asshole 64 percent disapprove of joe biden's handling of the economy yeah uh it's pretty close with uh uh foreign policy yeah what else is there yeah and if you look at just about everything people give a crap about i mean i've i'm paying $200 $200 a month for groceries or $200 a week now for groceries as oh, a yeah. single person. Mm-hmm. How the hell does that ever happen? That's what I used to pay per month. Now it's a weekly charge. Um, like what the hell? I mean, what, what do people who don't have money and have a family, what, what the hell are they doing? So, uh, trust me, I I shop uh, for four people. Yeah, and well, I, if I go to the grocery store at at let's say the lunch hour, you know, twelve o'clock, there's never more than a dozen cars in the parking lot, and. Uh, The, the people who used to go there, they're over at the dollar, whatever it's called, the dollar general or whatever. Uh-huh. You might have those there. I don't know. They're just a, you know, a, a discount. Yeah, they're everywhere. Uh, everywhere. Yeah, they're they're huge. I mean, they're all over the place. But I'm like, you could go to the 7-Eleven and get the, the feel for how big those things are. But um, they have the necessities. But... You know, they're going there or they're going to um, Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where most people buy their retail stuff in this town is Walmart. Because mm-hmm. there's Same almost, here. yeah, they put, uh, when this place was built, uh, my grandmother was still alive and I was out uh, visiting and it was like uh, something like, the 90s, I guess. 
And I said, you just watch. Uh, within five years after Walmart opens, every small business in town will be closed. And they'll lose all of this tax money that they're, they're bending over to give away to Walmart. And then they'll wonder what they need to do to their economy. And that's where they are today. There aren't any small businesses that sell things competitively to, you know, Walmart. And uh, they've got buildings that are empty that aren't occupied and they don't have jobs. The only thing that's grown is really the school, the university. So, yeah, uh, that's small town America now. And that's gone all over the country. So, um, you know, Walmart has been a huge part of killing it. And so was NAFTA. So, you know, uh, it's just terrible to see. But it was uh, a takeover by political decision, not by, you know, China didn't march their troops in here. Our damn government politicians did they, they made all those choices willingly yeah and i almost i i don't know what the percentage of walmart's inventory is that's you know made in china but i'm sure it's probably 80 percent yeah i can't, i couldn't tell you because i uh think i've only been in one well, it, you're right. So I, I don't know what the population is of Jefferson City. Uh, close to where I live. It's the closest place for me to go shop. And, but, I mean, there's two choices. There's Walmart. Well, there's actually three. There's Walmart. There's Food City. And some other off you know, like one of those generic type places. So, I mean, you know, unless I go to another town where there's a Publix or whatever, a Kroger, I, I have no choice. But I'm not going to drive 30 minutes instead of 12. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, I have that one, one or two options and that's it. But it, for for this the size of this town, uh, I'm sure that uh, there was plenty of incentives given to Walmart to open a store here. Because you wouldn't think that um, you wouldn't think that. Uh, Walmart would open a, a store that's, I mean, it's a super Walmart, you know, it's a superstore. But it's busy all the time. Mm -hmm. But the population in Jefferson City is 8,662, 8,200, something like that. It's not, it's not big. Uh, now, as far as the county goes, I'm sure it's a, you know that's probably what supports it more than anything, because it's certainly not the city. It's it's not very big at all. 
But anywho, um, I think that'll do it. All righty. Say hi to Rosie. Ah, it depends on which Rosie you're talking about. Oh, let's not go there. Okay, I guess we will see you uh, Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Um, yeah, you too. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you.